0: What's up, I'm Blimes and you are listening to the Cabbage's Hip Hop Podcast.
1: Yes, Jeff. Gary, I love this movie. I love this movie. What a movie, man. I love this movie. What are we going to do? <laughs> what do you mean, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I love this movie. How are we going to talk about a movie we love? You know what? I don't care. I loved it, and we'll just figure it out.
2: I know you guys are used to us talking about movies that we didn't like, or we liked grudgingly, or liked because of our own perversion Absolute. and masochism. But we we both like this movie. Be Kind, it's Rewind. good. Be Kind, Rewind. Good movie.
1: Good movie. I, boy, I felt good after watching
2: this one, bud. I love so much about this what film. What are your
1: favorite quotes? Hit me with
2: quotes. Oh, God. There's so many good Hit ones me. in this. So, Jack Black, mm. when they're shooting Robocop. Quote machine. Anything you say can and will be held against you in the court of Robocop. <laughs> court <laughs> love of Robocop. Line.
1: I, I will live under <laughs> Robocop's law. That's fine.
2: Yasin Bey, when they're remaking Ghostbusters, says to Jack Black, he says, "I'm Bill Murray. You're everybody else." <laughs> <laughs> that was just like schoolyard when you're the when you're playing games at your friends on the schoolyard. They're like, "I'm Spider Man. You're any but you're all the rest of the uh, Avengers." <laughs> yeah,
1: like, man,
2: oh my god. And then oh god, there's that one scene where they are where they're doing Lion King. And they've got uh, yes. uh Alma there I love they've that got scene. Alma with them, and she's filming. And Jack Black's just like, listen to me, I need you to say the line. I need you to say, I will piss on the bones of your ancestors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and Yazim is like, no, 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 don't do that. And, and then and then Jack Black's like, no, 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 like this is the next line King. this is part two, it's not a movie for kids, and then she says, rawr, I will piss on the bones of your ancestors. <laughs> those are those are 100 my
1: hat i was laughing so hard and i've seen it twice now uh i really loved danny glover's line when he's going up the stairs Mm -hmm. kind of half-heartedly telling like breaking mike's heart yeah almost like i should have done this a long time ago and he sort of is like why did you do it yada yada in the end he's walking up and he stops and he goes i'm gonna go upstairs to hell (laughs) 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 Yeah. He's just so good in this.
2: Uh, I can't wait Mia to talk Farrow, about it with other people. Mia Farrow, she she has oh, a great yes. line at towards the like in like the third act. She says, like, our past belongs to us. We can change it if we want. Just like, oh, oh
1: glorious man. optimism. This movie believes very wholeheartedly in just lying. Just lie. Lie yeah. to everybody.
2: <laughs> but lie for make, the best reasons. Lie for lie the best
1: for- reasons. Lie to make it fun. Yeah. It was all right.
2: Yeah. Let's fair warning, everybody. We're in a really good mood. This is a really good episode. This is essentially the twilight
1: zone of episodes
2: for us. This is gonna be a really good episode. We've got a fantastic guest. Um I think it's gonna be uh a little different for those who are used to just me and Jeff just snarking. Uh this was great. Uh this movie's great. You should watch it. And I love
1: to the cabbage's seal of approval.
2: Yeah, 100%. Let's do it. I am very excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Blimes, also known as Blimes Brixton. This Californian MC and accomplished battle rapper first came to my attention as part of the dynamic rap duo Blimes and Gab. Beyond that, she's a solo artist in her own right, having made music with the likes of Method Man, Felt, and Redinho. Her latest single is called Spin, available via her Peach House imprint, and her new album, Solo Mission, will be out this summer. Hello and welcome to the show what's up everybody i'm in your ear
1: hello it's so good to be here gary jarf can That's i right. call you that are we close enough you're, yet the the internet deemed me that a long time ago you're welcome to it it's a mantle for it. all it just it's affectionate i love it, it. Is, isn't it yeah
2: yeah it's interesting how we can find ways to make nicknames out of a name that is again four letters By the way, it's like, oh, Jeff, how can we make it? Let's just move some letters around and add some new stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, speaking of name changes, this movie uh, we're going to talk about today uh, stars Yassine Bey, formerly known as Most Deaf. So I'm just saying kind of a disclaimer at the very top. If we slip out of it, please don't be mad at us. It will kind of just happen uh, sometimes, but we'll do our best.
1: The name change affected me personally because Most Deaf and... um, deaf jeff were the only rappers that kept something that rhymed with jeff so Mm. i can make a joke like most jeff and Uh. people would think i was clever now yasin jeff that doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue it just doesn't no No. it's not the same fair enough i mean like you know i begrudge no one their name so no big deal it just kind of hurt personally your jar from both
2: sides that's right
0: i think it's a forgivable offense when you're watching the version of him that we all knew as Most Deaf, and 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 I don't I don't have any uh, authority to say that it's forgivable, but I do <laughs> feel better about it when I I texted you this morning and I was like I haven't seen you know it's so cool to see Most in this light and to me it was just me referencing him at that time as Most Deaf. Oh mm-hmm. my God, he was one of my favorite rappers, one of my biggest inspirations of all, of all time Miss Faboody was
2: mm-hmm.
0: changed my life
1: it's a critical sure. jam yeah
2: Absolutely. Critical. prior to watching this movie had you seen much or even some of his his acting work before had you seen him in any other things that you could recall
0: you know i'm sure that i have my 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 memory plays terrible tricks on me. I have ADHD mm-hmm. and just overflow of information the hard drive is absolutely at capacity. I'm having to delete things constantly Same. um so I'm sure that I have it's not coming to me off the the
1: for me it was it was honestly Chappelle show mm-hmm. was yeah. the introduction to no, sure. Yassine sure as actor and it crossed him over hard for me even though I did not see this. Does he have other films until now in his
2: resume? Yeah, what's actually really interesting, like this film, is kind of late in his in his catalog. I, I went back and I realized there were a number of things I had seen of his, some that I remembered, and then others were like, oh right, he was in that was something that came through. So like he was acting sort of early on, like he was on TV in like the 1990s. He mm-hmm. did a a 16 episode run on the short lived Cosby Mysteries. Um, Oh. series he was sort of a sidekick character on that so it's not exactly the thing that you know you necessarily include on your resume but imdb includes everything right um, it just is what it is um but then you know sort of like he, his music career takes off with black star and you know and black on both sides and he continued to pursue acting gigs so like he's in Spike Lee's Bamboozled, which I think was the first movie I saw yeah him in. so
1: that would have been the first time I ever saw it. I just didn't know he's... that's who that was whoa
0: yeah. So he's, he's gonna, one of the
2: mil. Yeah.
0: Uh, an impressive resume, as I just skim it over here real quick on IMDb. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, Italian job. I forgot.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Brown sugar. He's like, yeah, brown sugar. Carmen, hip opera. Hitchhiker's yes. Guide to the Galaxy was one of the ones I remembered him in really well because Hitchhiker's yes. Guide was just like, it's not him. He's like Fort, what Ford Prefect I think is the character or. <laughs> He's not Zafod box He's four Prefect. I read those books when I was a kid. I can't remember anything about them now. I think when you look through that IMDb, he's just made so many interesting choices and took so many different opportunities. Like his character in The Woodsman, which is a very dark film. Like that's a movie about like never you saw know. that. Oh, it's 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 dark. It's like Kevin Bacon kind of comes back around in terms that's, of that's his career. it's very <laughs> it's a very dark. But it's like it's dark. Okay. It's like. That's like the you know the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You do not want that to be the movie that you're connected to him through because it is frightening. I'm that's like I'm not even gonna say what it's about, but there's trigger warnings all around that thing. Okay, but it's like Rose Deff has a very you know, Yassin Bey has a very prominent role in that film, and you know plays uh, plays a kind of character that you remember. And then of course you know I'm I'm based in New York. Just based in New York, I remember that Yassin Bey was getting a lot of attention for work he was doing on Broadway and he was doing in theater here. You mm. know, Top Dog, Underdog was one of those roles. He did other parts as well, but it was sort of where I sort of recognized as somebody who appreciated him as a rapper, right? That he had really been taking the acting seriously in a way that we didn't necessarily see or seeing, and also seeing the communities around acting bringing him in in a way that wasn't cynical. Because, and you can tell me your thoughts on this, but I oftentimes, and we're right, this whole season we're doing, we're talking about rappers in movies and rap mm. in in movies a lot of times they seemed like the choices of including a rapper was to like try to boost the box office somewhat, or try to get get the youth audience to come out and see the film. Do so you like sort of see this differently kind of the way he's in this movie to say how you'd seen other rappers portrayed on screen or yeah, presented on screen?
0: Definitely. I see, you know, I see authentic love for acting and I see authentic I see him authentically meeting the challenge of playing the character that he's been presented, um, which I think, and, and not a small role and not small mm-hmm. piece, and not letting or not letting much of the persona that we all know as most deaf now Yasin Bay come through and just be the character, you know, which I thought was, was real. He did really, really well. Oh my God. It was so good. Um, but like, I, like go crazy when I for for when I see rappers in cameos that are not portraying rappers or not portraying themselves, like right, yeah. seeing Method Man in Garden State.
1: Mm, uh, sure, the like, best part of that film
0: sent me like over the moon. I was just like thrilled and like loved to see him in that tiny little cameo. Right. Huge, huge, out of this world life, you know, force and presence and. Yeah, just it just really that opened my eyes for the ability for rappers to play, to act and play, you know, in in different Mm -hmm. movies. And like that super inspired me when it came to battle rapping, because I was like, wait, like we all can put on a different hat and play somebody else. And that's actually one of the only reasons that I that I could battle rap was because. I'm not that person at the core so i really mm. had to act as that fierce mean ass <laughs> you know like that's sure that's not, that's not who i am um so it was, i was seeing you know method man acting um as i admitted earlier didn't know most deaf did so much acting but it was seeing you know other artists step onto the silver screen but not portraying rappers that made me be like okay
1: May wear- does a thing that i loved in this film where he was with some really terrific and very leading actors I mean, Danny Glover's been at that mm. point been in it for a long time uh Jack Black I don't remember exactly where he was in his career at this point but it was not a small feat to get him in a film uh, 2008
2: was 2008 is a huge year for Jack point.
1: Black yeah yeah
2: like yeah. that's a huge year for Jack Black, and obviously like there's a lot of that but I'm was, mean to interrupt. he was you, pretty but, famous
1: like, if not famous
2: 2008 just for just for reference in addition to be kind rewind is also Tropic Thunder and Kung Fu Panda.
1: Okay. So yeah, you're in like peak. This is the summer of Jack Black.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Jack Black assance And he's and Jack Blacking
0: very hard in this movie. Hard.
1: Yeah. hard. And he's, you know, he's a wild carry-like over Jim Carrey like over actor when he's when he's cast for it, especially. And Glover is a very classic sort of like scene-stealing, gravitas kind of actor to me. And Mm -hmm. then Bay just kind of played the straight man to them very well and let them do their thing, but was never absent from the scene. He was like not chewing scenery. This was good, like excellent work all around by the people who were in it.
2: It was a certain joy for me to see Mia Farrow in this because so much of her work I can't watch anymore. Right. I can't I, I don't watch Woody Allen films anymore. And I was somebody who, when I was younger, I watched a lot of Woody Allen films. Like I watched a lot of comedy when I was younger. Like basically was stuff that like my parents would turn me mm. on to. And so it's like a lot of those roles I haven't gone back to. You know, I, I've just What about
1: kept... who did Rosemary's Baby?
2: Oh, Polanski. Ah, so also like, out. So yeah. <laughs> and and I think I think really the character that she plays in this film specifically. This sort of like she's presented in a certain way, but then it's like she's philosophical mm. and she's got this sort of like she's got this approach to life. And she comes up with these like lines and, and quips that are just so I mean, obviously, Michelle Gondry, the way he wrote this, he wrote this role in a way and she and she executes this part so well. Where it's like it was delightful to see her kind of just like in those moments delivering those mm. lines and acting this way. And like she contributes to this sort of the like which is a real overarching thing in this film, the sort of like childlike approach to the world that so many of these characters do, but in a way that is like, that is different from say how Jack Black does it or how Yassin Bey does it or how Alma does it, like how the different characters It
1: is truly, truly 100% a cast of characters. Yes. They're not, they're not there to deliver lines. They're there to like make these scenes vibrant. They're so good at it. The thing this thing does so well, this this movie, Be Kind, Rewind. These are supposed to be sort of battle-scarred people or originating from this area, getting bumped out by rich people. Yeah. That's a constant weight on them, but it's not what they focus on. It's in the background, just so you know, the reason they're spaced out and weird is that life is also spaced out and weird. Mm-hmm. I thought I pulled it off geniusly.
0: To go back to the cast, like Melanie, Melanie Diaz, I was yeah. so delighted to see that she was in this. Um, she is in one of my favorite movies of all time, the um, Raising Victor Vargas. Have oh, yes, know? right, right. And she she stole my heart in that movie because I felt like I knew her, like a friend of mine. Mm. And so to see her in this, in the, in the way that they like danced around the romance that could be, but never brought it all the way there because it maybe would have been a little bit too... Corny was was awesome. The the almost romance between she and Mike, mm. you guys
2: you guys yeah. got that. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. that there's that one scene that I really like with uh, like the, when they bring up the mustache. Yeah.
0: You know, oh it's just man, like he, what
2: a conversation. He says, he says mustache, and she just gets like horrified in that moment, and then like zooms in to her to sort of show that he's no, it's not. You don't even see it. It's not even there. And then she's like, "You're trying to kiss me," and he's like. Uh, uh 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 Suddenly, like they're all eleven; they're all eleven years old in this moment. And I and- am t- apparently cheesing from ear to ear, just <laughs> no, like totally. It's 100%. such a
1: magical scene.
2: It was great, and I mean, you got to understand uh, uh, your bombs, well, just for 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 context. And I said, I think we said this before. We I was going to bring this up if you didn't. Is <laughs> is uh, we've just been watching just like the dregs of cinema in a lot of ways for oh. for season after <laughs> season. It took like, us we, so
1: long to break out and do a good movie. I just feel better as a human being after seeing this comparative to like some of the awful things we've done to people.
0: And I was I was curious last night as I as I completed the movie. I like shed yeah. a little tear on the couch and my girlfriend looked at me. She's like, are you crying? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I rewind. I was like, yes, I yes, I am. It was a it was a really feel good movie. Yeah. And they did it without it being so corn. Like so yeah.
1: so so cool. Everything that it covers from moment one till the end, it would be so easy for them to fall into the cheesy trap. Oh yeah, because yeah. everything they're talking about is wildly cheesy, rehashed material. Right. But the creativity behind it is the saving grace, which is like the point of the movie too, is that like creativity can be our saving grace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This was a movie, Gary. I don't want to give away your joke, Gary, but Gary. Texted me at one point and said, This is what the Fableman should have been.
2: This is what a Fableman <laughs> I, like, should have been.
1: lost my show. I was like, That's exactly right. Is that this is what I will now go to when it's movies about how cool movies are?
0: Yeah. It constantly made me curious for what they were going to do next and how they were going to totally. pull off the next movie. And then and then the you know the the bit the moment where Jack Black comes out in blackface, I thought they handled that so oh. fucking quickly and addressed it so well. And they're like, "We're gonna pull you aside now, buddy." Like,
1: essentially saying this joke needs to be dead.
0: Yes, we're it done. Needs we're to done be done dead, and like shit.
1: that needed to be told in that time for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can look back at a lot of stuff that you can't watch dropping, anymore. Do thunder thunder. Thunder.
2: was Under*? No really. summer. Same here. Totally.
1: so like them addressing it then was a big deal probably would still be a big no but then was a huge deal yeah. and the second that we both saw it we both were texting each other like damn it really because we, we were scars. like so close to scars. this being purposed yeah yeah because we've been watching so many awful films it, right you were it,
2: like it's almost good now, yeah no like, oh, no
1: then they take him outside and you can see him dressing him down out in the street as yeah. the other people are talking and you're like, OK, Give it's at least, least been addressed.
2: I, I love the way that it was addressed out there because all you you don't hear it. So all you see is Danny Glover in front of Jack Black for just like a few moments. And it's almost right. like you see him like he is explaining minstrelsy to this man. Yes, it's that's like, exactly he's like, right. He's like showing him like this is what's wrong with what you're doing. Right. And like, but just takes him out before everybody. And it comes can, like, from attack. that
1: era. Like he he was doing what he saw in films from that era, right thinking it was okay. Mm-hmm. And is like taught that day about the history. Right. And it never comes up again. It's awesome.
0: I think this could be a method that's adapted in more movies where it's a comical, lighthearted way of teaching the lesson. Mm. Right. Um,
1: yeah. Cause there's it just depends on, I mean, honestly, a hundred percent depends on who does it and how they how they broach it. And that's mm-hmm. always the way it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at this point, why even try to write that into a film? I can see this was what, 2008, I want to say this came out?
2: Yep, it? Yeah,
1: you know, we already covered the Tropic Thunder came out. But like, we're years away from TV shows still being taken off the air now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entire episodes of 30 Rock that don't Gone. exist on streaming. That's exactly what I was referencing. Yeah, 30 yeah. Rock. Yeah. Like, and are like, you again- can't show
1: those episodes because of what they did.
2: Like so like Tropic Thunder and 30 Rock, and all places. like there was a really great thing in the in the New York Times uh, a couple of years ago, maybe like two years ago uh, by Aisha Harris, who was an editor I worked with at one point. And she did this this piece that was like it was it was visuals kind of strewn through, but it was like a modern history of blackface in media. And it was not like talking about going back to the days of like your, you know, Amos and Andy sort of stuff, but it was like, here's how it's been portrayed. And it was basically saying that even if you were trying to do it in a humorous context, right. Like in Tropic Thunder, which is meant to skewer that character, which is meant to make, right. It is meant to be parodying the type of character who would take on the role that that Robert Downey Jr. Character does. Like it's still not okay.
1: Yeah. It just Mm -hmm. makes sure that the joke stays alive in perpetuity is the issue.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Like, you don't like. We just don't really need the joke for a fourth generation no. of human True. being. I'm cool with this going away. That's, that said, I mean we cover a lot of stuff from the past that does some wild heinous shit, so we have to like stop every now and again. And remember, like we're we're not the judge of of whether or not somebody is cool with that joke in that yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So. so to
0: be clear, you know, I I don't necessarily mean this use of this method could be used when broaching the subject of blackface Sure. Mm-hmm. the use of this method can be used when broaching other subjects that are still flying in some spaces today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know gender gender issues trans issues and like the the conversation is still being had that the lessons are still being taught the, this is a, a a method that i think could help um sure. just like sure it's like it probably did probably did with some filmmakers at that time when they saw this you know
1: absolutely
2: yeah. And I think just the way in which this film deals with stereotypes, I find is really interesting mm-hmm. too. All the characters we see are given some level of true humanization. You know, the, the, yes. the, town, the people who live in the town of Passaic, New Jersey, who are represented in this. And a lot of the people in this film are extras that they pulled from Passaic, New Jersey. Like that's actually these, a lot of the people you see are just people who live there, which is awesome. You there know, you most of the action really. They're very proud of the fact that most of the action takes place on like the art block.
1: inside of the art, imitated life.
2: Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. So which is great. So like, so first of all, you're taking these people who are in this situation, who are in the who are in the neighborhood. We're like, yes, the forces of gentrification are real, and they are impacting these these communities. These are diverse communities that include people of color, that include people across a wide range of situations, but certainly people who are often in the same economic bracket, relatively speaking. Everybody gets a level of humanization. Mia Farrow's uh, nephew in the in the movie, you know, in his gang of toughs, they're humanized almost immediately. And then oh, there's yeah. that like immediately in terms of just like their visit the video store, just like you know, lines like "You're lucky we don't beat up girls," you know, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, they're 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 eleven years old, yeah, and it's right. like, oh, no, actually they're not like they're not there to be like a real serious threatening menace. That's going to be like in a different movie. They
1: sort of knows the language to use to be like, well, what can I do to like keep this partnership going instead of getting beaten up? (laughs) I don't want to get beat up. So like, what's the, what do you guys need? Yeah. And they're like, oh, and then they just turn into like customers again.
2: Exactly. Which if you've
1: ever worked in a New York situation, like I did Mm -hmm. at the Strand bookstore, sometimes that's really all you got left in the tank like they're you're surrounded by craziness and you just have to be like what do you want Mm -hmm. here it is goodbye (laughs) that's it that's what you have to do when you're surrounded by crazy people
2: yeah
1: it's awesome i thought it was excellent that scene is one of my favorite scenes that they end up they didn't even pick the lion king and are like Blaming somebody for picking the Lion
2: King. they blame good. the biggest, the so biggest dude good. in the crew, the big quiet dude in the crew. It's like, Are you the and he's denying teenager? it?
1: And you're and everyone in the movie, you, everyone that's watching is like, Oh, he picked that shit. And then later they're like, Ah, no, he didn't. Alma <laughs> picked
2: it. Alma picked it. It was amazing. Yeah, Alma picked it for him. She's like, I love that. And it's like, Well, then and then of course, she just she, wanted to make the Lion King. Yeah, yeah, it's it, like she was she was ready to, to take this on. It's just, it's. You know, again, there's so many wonderful choices in this film. We talked about casting, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about so many interesting little things in the casting. Obviously, you have some big names like Sigourney Weaver, who shows up and is just like, after you've seen that Ghostbusters rendition, that's amazing. That that is such a get to have in that moment. I I looked it up later. It's like, you have all these alt-comedy types like Matt Walsh and John Glazer. And Paul Danello, all these comedy writers and improv people showing up in this to do small things and not even big, like bits. Like the whole scene at West Coast Video in New York City when Danny Glover takes his secret research trip to uh, analyze the DVD store. John Glazer is across from him. Uh, uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to ask you to leave. And that's the whole bit of it. It's yeah. just so that Danny Glover can make him the straight man in that moment, can make him the mm. joke make the jokes off of him like no specific knowledge required
1: <laughs> had Glover been in in a Wes Anderson film yet at that point
2: uh, Tannenbaum's is before 2008 I'm positive of that
1: I would be yes it was it was very much before then yeah so, so yeah, yeah like he you know it was almost a role reprisal in a way like he spoke with the same kind of cadences and was dealing with a lot of like youngsters being weirdos it was great
2: yeah,
1: Glover was excellent.
2: He was. And there was another person at the at the, at the West Coast video in Passaic. I think it was the manager, the employee. I guess the one who brings over the um, the projector at the end to save that saves the day. That's Kid Creole. Oh, huh. which I was. I thought very, that person was familiar. Yeah, and I was really like, I'm like, well, this is wonderful. Like again, like that the, they pull these people from like. From interesting things, and and I feel like this is a film that you know, I'm gonna watch more than more than the twice I've already watched it. I definitely know that. Most definitely. But But like, I feel like you're gonna find these little bits in here that are that are great.
0: Man, I I couldn't even try. Like, I couldn't even try to name all the cameo. I didn't recognize many at all. That's great. That's incredible.
1: At this point, we're usually like neck deep and arguing about a plot that had no (laughs) resolution or may not even have existed. In a lot of cases, we're just making the shit up, hoping that some idea will stick to the thing. And in this, like, there's a beginning and a middle and an end to everything except for the drama with the city, because inevitably, you know, that place is done. Well, Mm -hmm. And that they're gonna live somewhere else. They're gonna to have to leave their neighborhood.
2: They sort of say as much at the very end with Danny Glover and right. Mia Farrow at the very end, this sort of he lets her know that, that they were going to do this, like it right. was gonna be the end that night, the demolition was gonna happen that night. And you know, that, that's that that leaves the film on a on a certain note that's bittersweet, but it's also like such a wonderful moment of people coming together. You know, he, I think this is the point of the conversation where we have to have asked the kind of the difficult question. Why do you think this movie didn't work for audiences? Didn't bring people in, didn't get people. Why are people talking about this movie? Like we're talking about this movie right now.
0: I'm stumped because it's a great movie. (laughs) I have no, I mean, obviously with my analytical mind of, of a musician in today's era, I'm like marketing. There wasn't no, there wasn't probably no marketing budget but i I don't
2: know as i'm watching this and gaining so much appreciation for what i'm seeing in front of me and not just because we've watched a lot of garbage on this podcast but like but because i'm actually really enjoying this you mean it is what it is but it's just like i'm sitting here being like how is this from the director this is from the same director as eternal sunshine of the spotless mind right is still to this day constantly referenced and, and spoken about with right. The same director as Dave. How much, me, okay, this know.
1: this brings me to a question that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. The amount of people talking about, or at least being reverent about, that film versus how many people that watched that film and mm-hmm. understood that film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's it's weird and it's far out, but like, they're in love, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. love stories and stuff like that that keep people interested, but the the actual meat and potatoes of like the theory of of his movies it's pretty wild and unlike say a, a Christopher Nolan he doesn't like sit around and explain anything to you it is in the moment action if you think about the things that he's been involved in
2: he's part of this sort of interesting generation of auteur music video directors who
0: mm-hmm.
2: went on to make Movies and like those ideas of somebody who has been like, who is like, I have three and a half to four and a half minutes to convey an idea, mm. to convey what I convey, and so like they often and they, and I don't have dialogue generally because I'm playing a song that it has its own lyrics, so I have to figure out how best to con to portray that in those moments. It translates in interesting ways in a movie like Eternal Sunshine, and then I think about with this movie where I really started thinking about it was. When Jack Black becomes magnetized and he walks in front of the camera, our camera that we're watching this film with for the first time, our screen starts to go wonky. And it's the little choices like that where things start to effects start to go through, and you go, like, oh, those are the choices, those are the interesting things, right?
0: That somebody who makes a four-minute film has the detail-oriented mind for. And even like further on that is just that he like you can totally see his music video direction passed in the making of the sweeted films.
2: Oh
1: yeah. Absolutely. A lot of it was just set to music and they were having fun. Mm. Oh
0: my God. It was so, I I was like, why haven't I thought of that for my music videos? Why haven't I set up a cardboard city? You know, like
1: this, this film had a cool sense of like, by the way, these are things that are available to many people Mm -hmm. and we're making them into cool stuff yes cool stuff rules that's really what this movie tells you at the end it's cool stuff rules
0: cool stuff rules art is accessible and people want it now
2: we're in 2023 the modern context i think about how you know there are parallels with what happens with like tiktok what happens with instagram reels there are parallels that exist where like people have parodied a thing or they're making comedy stuff or they're making reference stuff or they use a trending audio that is a Lot, something from a movie and you sort of see that like people the impulse to do that it's natural I and mean, they get the opportunity and when you break down the barriers you tell somebody make a movie and they're told it's going to cost you a million dollars to make it you go i i i, I how am i even going to wrap my head around this, even if i have a cool right. idea but if i can make something on my phone in five minutes by just kind of thinking about what i want to do wait
0: wait you're making tiktoks in five minutes no i I'm not <laughs>
2: No, I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, I, I I make I can make some stuff in some of that time. But like if I have an idea, I can record it in right. You know, totally you can post production all you want. That takes longer than five totally. minutes. Yeah, but I'm like giving you
0: a hard time. I'm giving you a hard time.
2: And I feel well, I also feel bad, obviously, for you as an artist, you're always compelled to make to, there was like, make TikToks, that's your way to success. Make more create, TikToks, create, make, create. make more content. i don't like, I'd like to be an artist and make my music, but you need me to keep making TikToks.
0: I mean, I love, I love being creative in other ways. I just prefer it in a longer format. Like I Mm -hmm. like, I love directing and writing and creative directing and producing music videos. I love it. I love, 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 love it. But I am not efficient at doing TikTok. So to be, for that to be a necessity to keep up is is I'm not I'm not proficient like that is a very hard ask so so thank you for your thank you for your empathy around that
2: yeah I have to give it to you you
0: you know you can learn and it's just about being hungry it's like you know Jay-Z's Jay-Z's still rapping he's he's come out of retirement 400 times for features Mm -hmm. and he yes he's himself but he also meets in the middle of what's current and popular so it's like how hungry are you you know like can you adapt? Can you adapt? Can you adapt? So that being said, I'm not I'm not complaining about the TikTok era because it is a new challenge. But like, yes, it is. It is. Challenge is definitely prevalent. But wait, I'm very curious to know your thoughts on Same. why on why it didn't do well, because I was stumped. I really I really want to know.
2: So because the nature of this show and I feel like I'm explaining this not just to you, but to the people who listen, who, who listen to this show and are just used to like me and Jeff yelling at each other. And are really probably being really thrown off by how we're approaching this episode. People are going to be very confused by this one. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm giving a little bit more information about our process in the yeah. sense that like we we spend a lot of time fixating on minutia. What went wrong in a film? Why is this? Why were they made these choices? Why is there a seven minute you know night vision scene in this movie? Stuff like that that happens in films we've done on this show. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. We all agree this is a, a, a gentle, charming, funny, enjoyable Delightful yes. film that we would recommend to other people. And okay. by view of this podcast, we are recommending this movie unanimously. One hundred percent, cabbage's of
1: seal of approval, first From one me.
2: ever given.
0: <laughs> if they're listening and they haven't watched, the movie, aren't they doing it wrong?
1: If Go. they're listening
2: or watching, well, I think some people listen. Everyone listens for the reasons. Some people listen because the guests. Yeah. Some people listen because they like that Jeff and I yell at each other. Some people, our fans, our
1: fans aren't wildly communicative. Tell us.
2: Yeah, tell yeah. us why. You- are you
1: watching these films with us?
2: Why are you listening to this show? No, 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 no. Don't <laughs> think
1: about that question. No. don't think. No. Ed, no, 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 no.
2: Get that out of there. So,
0: <laughs> great concept. I was, I was so excited to not come on here and just talk about my career path and my trajectory and my upbringing. Like, oh, we have, we have things to talk to about. To give away yeah. a
1: little more. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly so, why that's we're sort doing. Of, that's sort of that's really the point. The show. <laughs>
0: It's fun. Like, it's so Like, so seeing fun.
1: that sort of energy in this film really brought it home. Like, they made this film to show you how fun it is to make things. Yes. And that's, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we're, I mean, we're not, we're getting a little too deep. I'm probably cutting all this anyway, no, but. I'm cutting all this. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, why um, I do anything, yeah. is to make it fun for people. So. Yeah. To show you that we can have fun in the face of this nonsense that's constantly surrounding
2: us. So to answer the the question, because we spend so much time thinking about the wrong things in movies, when we come to a film like this where we're saying we all think this is great, we recommend this, I go well. Why wasn't this movie a success? You know, it has a very has a a a decent Rotten Tomatoes score of sixty five percent. I went and back and read you know critical reviews, which weren't like this is the greatest movie of all time, but were basically mostly favorable you know, the New York Times, A.O. Scott was very favorable in it. I've read, uh, I think it was, I read it was an uh, A.V. Club review was, uh, was fairly favorable. Again, it's like nobody was saying this was better than other things, but it was saying that they enjoyed what it was. And I think it's about two things. I built a, I built a, 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 a framework of a theory as to why uh, this movie didn't work. And I think the first thing to do is to think Framework of it, there. So we're not even in theory. Later. I think we're. I think we're getting it. I, I think we have the it. idea. I think. I think it, it, it could be a whole research paper, which I do not have time for. Consider some of the popular comedies of two thousand eight. Just going to rattle off a bunch of names: Pineapple Express, Role Models, Step Brothers, The House Bunny, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Semi Pro, Zach and Mary Make a Porno. Mm-hmm compared to all of those, this film was so gentle and pure yep. and lighthearted awesome. no sex awesome.
1: no violence no, no shocking no shock bait no far jokes no your mom is hot jokes yeah. yeah it was severely lacking in in crap
2: yeah they were it like just
1: didn't have any any weighed down nonsense
2: these other films were like edgy subversive They were reaching for this demographic sweet spot where it's like, it's okay to make fun of things in this way, we think. And just because we're doing it in a way, it's like, yeah, it's a little underneath. And that was the thing. And even in some of those that are done very well, I mean, there are a number of those films I named that are films that I like. But it's also some of those films are hard as kind of in this sort of like the Apatow glow are hard to watch now. Some of these things were incredibly homophobic or, wow, some of these were really culturally insensitive because it was just about getting a joke in for that was edginess. And this film refreshingly does not have that. So again, this film does not feel like the comedies of its time is sort of my right. first layer of this. Yes. Okay. Agree. It is its own thing. It comes on yeah, its own terms. It comes on its own terms. And yeah. I think for all of us, it's just like, you know, we watch it just now in 2023, but we're all all of us watch it for the first time this, you know, for this. And we can say, like, yeah, there's that the other aspect of this is I think there's sort of about that it still contributes to the idea of public's tastes and the you know as I said before like you know Michelle Gondry the director for this movie like he's one of the kind of indie auteurs of his generation of, of a particular generation that were by 2008 no longer really what was kind of considered cool in the indie perspective right so keep in mind Spike Jones another music video director term film director So spike jones has being john malkovich 1999 adaptation 2002 and then he went back to music videos up until 2009 where he did where the wild things are totally different sort of approach and a different perspective charlie kaufman Um, who wrote malkovich wrote adaptation and wrote eternal sunshine went to the director's chair in 2008 and made synodoc new york a Uh incomprehensible film that i saw in the theaters as a fan and left (laughs) deeply deeply disturbed i think it's playing at the roxy tonight jeff um let's jump a cab after this (laughs) i am not seeing that movie again so like
1: (laughs) there's a generation now it's my mission in life to make you watch that movie can you give like
0: a short can you give like for those of us who don't have no idea what that is you yeah. give
2: like a tiny okay so
1: quick, Philip. Yeah. Seymour, just a real quick explanation I'll of give that, you, really. I
2: will give you like my two <laughs> sentences Philip Seymour Hoffman is a theater director who is making a play about his life and it turns into a play about everything which means building sets in bigger and bigger warehouses to the sizes of entire towns because he okay. is sad
1: okay it sounds better than it is no
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's the that's a movie if there was one rapper in that movie there was one rapper in that movie i'd be in trouble but there is none so we won't be talking about god damn it oh no no, it's anyway it's it's a leave it to
1: coffin to not hire a rapper
2: and then coffin like basically stopped writing movies for years
1: so it's it's not salacious no and it's not a part of its like canon of the time Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: not at all. And the directors who he was part of the vanguard of, yeah, Dre was, were no longer the ones who were in favor. Mm-hmm. Sure, other folks in, in comedy, Decline, declining an interest, in as cin- well. and an in indie cinema. Right. This is the same year I think as like Harmony Corrine's *Mr. Lonely*, which is a oh, very. Okay. We're not Spring Breakers yet. We're not at where he suddenly becomes recognizable again. It's just like he's still like, okay, this is the guy who did *Gomo* and *Kids*, and now he's doing this movie about. Michael Jackson impersonator on an island of misfit <laughs> impersonators. Why did no one want to watch this movie? I I I could only speculate why. I... <laughs> so, right. that okay. is my that is my so that's overall... that's
1: the Venn diagram. Which I like yeah. that. I also think we get the benefit because we want to be at least semi, like really involved with a film if we're going to cover it. Yes, we watch it twice, and this thing benefited way more from a rewatch like it's confusing and weird because the story is told with like deliberate vagueness Mm -hmm. that like if somebody's truly lying to someone they don't tip to the audience that they're lying Mm -hmm. which glover never does with the fats waller like sure lie with this giant lie he's told that is sort of swept over a small part of the town because they believed it Mm -hmm. his handling of that the director's handling of it and the actor's handling of it is essentially to no sell it like oh i've been doing it so long it doesn't really even matter to me no one's ever acted on it so what they painted something but when you watch it the second time Mm -hmm. you see things like danny glover is really mad that he painted fats waller on the wall and Mm -hmm. is reaching for excuses for why Uh but it's because he's like it's not real stop promoting this bullshit yes but can't say that because you know it would break mike's heart and he time and again in the movie you notice the second time especially maybe you notice the first time Mm -hmm. i didn't he's constantly protecting like there's a shell around mike Mm -hmm. yeah he cannot hurt mike's feelings Mm -hmm. because mike has been they've been very special to one another they don't really vocalize it a lot in the film fair enough but that's the thing in a, in another type of film, you would get a scene where they were sitting on the car together and they would talk about their feelings or something right. to that effect. On the nose, and the then little- the cheesiness comes in and it was like, well, you know, it's Hollywood. It's not real life. This really tried to follow a weird life pattern. Yeah. And it was excellent. The thing is, you know, not a lot of people are going to watch that and want to watch it again because they're disjointed. They feel like they don't really under- Like I didn't really understand the depth of the characters. Well, you weren't supposed to you're supposed to like sort of watch that with a keen eye for it which is really hard to do the first time through I was like outlandishly stoned you were <laughs> <laughs> and watching was like what in the hell are these are these people talking to each other because there's like the dialogue is layered so to make it like they have their own language in a lot of ways like you don't know what the hell's going on with Jerry until way into the film he's like oh don't worry about it he's a veteran He's been yeah beat up you know yeah. by
2: this whole thing it's a throwaway line that is yeah the quickest exposition about like yeah have we we have been wondering at least on some level why this person lives why in is this yard. crazy
1: person crazy yeah <laughs> are, are they like
2: yeah why well, even when they say things like you go know, live
1: you live in the junkyard or whatever
2: yeah
1: you sort of assume this person like has a job and stuff and then all of a sudden it sort of comes to that like this is a homeless veteran person who brings exactly. people out. Yeah, And it makes that scene with the woman more powerful when you watch it again. Mm-hmm. Where the woman's really upset with him and yeah. Mike is like trying to keep Jerry happy and in the store because that's where Jerry's happiest.
2: Except they it's were crazy. supposed it's a, to. It's a layered film. Is all they I'm were saying. supposed to keep Jerry out. They were.
1: They he were. spelled it backwards.
2: That's the funniest thing for me in this whole movie. I mean, there's so many funny things. But the funniest thing is them trying to decipher the note of keep cherry out him believing it was a
1: muslim chant Mm -hmm. was just outstanding and then they actually like put his chant like deepen it and put it into the film as you transition scenes that he really tried to chant it like a buddhist chant to find peace with the situation (laughs)
0: Can we get a re can we get a, a reenactment? Can you do it for us? I can't do it. Too. I don't remember what he said. <laughs> legally, can't
2: legally, we can't do it. I think either. no, no, no. no. <laughs> we, we saw what happens, you know. That they start <laughs> they start doing those sweeted movies, and then Sigourney Weaver comes along and bulldozes all their tapes. Yeah. That I was cool. Uh,
0: that felt like such a personification of a core memory. Like, or such right. not even a personification, but just such a they brought that FBI warning at the beginning of the movies to life. They made it in yeah, they personified it. They made it into people and then a bulldozer. Like that was so good. But I do think that the 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 layeredness and the vagueness of this film helped for me to pay attention. Like I have, like I mentioned earlier, like severe ADHD. And like I think that really worked. And other movies, it's it's clicking to, to me now. This is like, thank you guys. This is the first time I'm realizing this that movies with vagueness that take A shit ton of time the entire film to understand who the characters are and what they're doing work best work best for my brain in terms of being it's my
1: favorite kind of storytelling written or otherwise Mm -hmm. is sort of you are putting together a puzzle Mm -hmm. at the same time as watching this movie is really fun for me yeah Uh, and that's i think why when we watch these terrible movies we're like trying to put together a fun puzzle around it and make it (laughs) fun because watching it was an absolute slog Right, yeah. and we're like talking to our heroes and telling them watch and terrible
2: I films. I bet. So you,
1: yeah, this was a this was such a delight. Have you seen
2: um, Severance? I've never seen Severance. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. It's uh, it's on the list of things, but I haven't watched it yet. If you what, love what is this film? film? I don't know
0: if much you, about. This it. is this is a TV show, so I don't want to get too far off. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But uh, it, it's, it's a, a very cool show. premise.
2: Very cool premise, and, is from my understanding, and Adam Scott stars.
0: The puzzle, then Oh, I've seen advertisements for
1: this, yes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Highly it's out? Yeah, it's on Apple TV. Season,
0: first season and if you okay. don't want to be waiting on bated breath like I am for season 2, then wait until season yeah. 2 But <laughs> it's it's very good, so if you like a puzzle, I recommend. Okay.
1: Um,
2: Before we let you go, you know oh. we, we we saw all these wonderful – someone who actually is happy to still be here. It never happens. They're just like – I'm telling her. you, man.
1: Watching good movies is where it's at. I think oh. we should watch some good films.
2: I mean we have to. We can't – This we can't was TV great. This up.
1: I don't know if I can go back to watching Hot to Trot. So, <laughs> I don't
2: know no, if I can do it again. A fucking horse movie. No. One thing that obviously as people who do a podcast about movies, seeing the sweeted – Versions of these films that we'd seen was such a joy. Ghostbusters, of course, gets the most attention, but even like I recently rewatched Boys in the Hood, and the Boys in the Hood riff is hysterical. Rush Hour 2 is an absurd movie and has its deep flaws. It's a hard rewatch in a lot of ways, but like there were some real funny bits in that. The Lion King, Driving Miss Daisy, which Yasin Bey did not want to do and made very (laughs) clear he did not want to do
0: it. I was, I was. Uh, I was very curious about that. I'll, like, there could be obvious reasons, but I was also curious about the the deeper,
2: yeah, disdain. Well, one of the thing with that with that movie in particular, it's actually Michel Gondry did this movie after he did Dave Chappelle's Block Party, that sort of kind of mm-hmm. documentary about the concert. And he basically was inspired by the fact that most of the action takes place within like a city block. Mm-hmm. As 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 a director, he thought that was like yeah. I wanted to apply that to a narrative film. Chappelle had actually been like at some stage part of the conversation about this film. Had not, not, I don't think I'd ever been formally attached to it, but had been like kind of interested in this. And he was his, and Driving Miss Daisy was one of his suggestions of a film to be suited. And Mm. I think it's what exactly because of what most deaf then goes through is like I, I don't want to do that movie. I don't feel like that's a good idea. It's I don't want to be, idea. but I think it's because of the awkwardness, you know, yeah. because yeah. of the awkwardness of that moment. And like, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, have have any of us ever seen that film? Yeah, I have. I have. You have. Um, I also it's, have. It's um, it's it's not a film that I think I. If I, I think I, think if I if saw you went it
1: when I was so. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea. I saw it what it's I know that they are. Uh, it, it's kind of sad.
0: Somewhatly uncomfortable due to racial stereotypes. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah, lot of that like,
1: part. That's why I haven't rewatched it. Because I looked at the cover of it and was like, Well, no, thank you. I don't think I'll be doing this.
2: Yeah, I, I think most <laughs> F is right. The Bey is right in saying this is a film yeah, we should just leave this behind. <laughs> we just leave yeah, this yeah. one behind. So yeah. this brings me to the thing I've been wanting to ask this entire episode. Okay. If you could swede any movie. I'm not even going to limit it to the same VHS era. If you could Swede any movie with your friends, what movie would you Swede?
1: Wait, okay. Can we pick something they picked? Just asking for
2: a friend. <laughs> if um, No, you don't pick something that was already in the movie. No.
1: Okay, fair enough. Because if not, RoboCop. 100% RoboCop. Always <laughs> RoboCop. What do you want from me? It's RoboCop. But
2: yeah.
1: one they anything, didn't cover, anything, I'll anything. stick with Veroven and I'll go with uh, uh, Total Recall okay i would sweet total recall and it
2: would be a blast all right i almost thought you were going to say starship troopers for that moment i thought you were just no no,
1: no i'm going to stay away from that one <laughs> that's a wild
2: one too the, the, um,
1: the wild fascism the, movie no so yeah well,
2: but why but so, okay so yeah so yeah the the jingoistic fascist military movie no why so why total recall what is it about it you think would be good for sweding
1: well i mean there's to me, the thing that was cool about this Sweeting thing is that the films that were picked both had, like, kind of infamous scenes and, mm-hmm. like, were wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. they were infamous scenes and they were big time movies at the same time. It wasn't yeah. just this was the, the highest grossing movie of X. It was like, this is Ghostbusters, a thing that is quoted a ton. This is yeah. Rush Hour 2, one of the most popular franchises of its time. This yeah. is, you know... They went, and they went weirdly deep. There was a PTA movie in there. They did Boogie Nights. Yeah,
2: that was on there too. It was so listed that.
1: in there, which I really want to see that.
2: Did you see Bamboozled was on the list
1: too? Bamboozled is on the list.
2: I loved that.
1: I wanted to stop and like write down all the movies and be like, this was the list, but the list is incredible.
2: Yeah. That's season.
0: That's the next season, guys.
2: Yeah. We're going to sweeten. So we movies. just do that. We just the
0: movies. You just, don't you watch all the Swedish. movies? This is a good idea. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly this
1: is a very good idea all right so um, that's your yeah, total so your recall because to recall. i think there's scenes i mean there's the three-breasted woman there's like <laughs> so wild shootouts me. there's oh my God. there's things that you would have so much fun recreating with like 10 bucks and some paper mache stuff
2: yeah the, like alien person that coming out of the guy's chest quadro right or there's one is. of
1: those like aliens yeah
2: there's that the, the whole There's scene tons. where the woman takes her head off and it's
1: Arnold... I mean, like, it's a bomb you, don't wanna, you don't want to sweet that right now? Oh, it my sounds God. amazing, doesn't it? It sounds
2: amazing. Yeah,
1: I picked it because... And it's just a classic killer film, and the yeah. dialogue is very easily run on the fly. Yeah. It's just very action movie dialogue, which is great. So, okay, okay, go ahead.
2: All right, Blimes. Well, what's your
1: like? pick?
0: Dapping you on that selection. And... I think for, for some of of the same reasons, um, just like the iconism, the the machine that is the Wizard of Oz, oh. the diversity, oh. the diversity in the characters, the scenes that are so just iconic, written in all of our memories, it's it's recognizable to almost everybody. So people could be like, "Oh my God, that that's how they." Straight up me.
1: and down, I will do this with you
0: okay but a good you, idea um, is yeah. a
1: good idea because i've watched that film a billion times and yeah. i was in the play as a kid
0: yeah as the cowardly we'll, lion we'll, cow- perfect
1: i was the cowardly I, lion
0: i got you, i got laughed at great. by the
1: entire school multiple times we
0: could do this we could do this and like i've always wanted to shoot something in new york so here's the perfect this perfect is a color. great
1: that <laughs> like the wizard of oz being sweeted is right up my alley i love okay. this
0: Later, and I don't want to regurgitate too much because it's the exact same reasons as you. Like, there's just the recognizable scenes that stick out in my yeah. head. Yes, this would be so fun to see how you make the witch fly on the broom in the sweeted world. And just throw it. You, you <laughs> just throw it. You <laughs> throw, it, holding, just throw it. Somebody's yes. holding a, to- a towel.
1: It's GoPro dinner.
0: time. To list her, you know um like we did with our elderly dog to move her at some points but yeah um yeah that would be really fun gary i'm 100
2: curious to hear yours mine is uh, i think you you both gave such excellent picks um mine is not going to top it but i hope you will appreciate it on some level um it's jurassic park for me Yep. oh excellent yep. choice, jurassic park because i, I mean, have already for all got all the
1: reasons listed above <laughs>
2: every single yeah. thing to have to do the um that you know pl- i'm thinking plastic dinosaurs for the dinosaurs like little toy dinosaurs 100% on that i oh, think yeah. you can absolutely all the amazing lines from that film you know samuel L. jackson hold on to your butts is quoted <laughs> constantly in this house um i think it's a film that is iconic and it's sort of in the same film of the of oh, absolutely some of the real standouts in in this movie that were tweeted I think it would be a terrific version of, to add to the canon there. I would and, do Billy uh, and the Clonosaurus. Oh, God. Billy and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> How about the Christmas that almost wasn't then was? <laughs> now we're just doing our Simpsons podcast. Basically. All, now all that Simpsons and
1: more covers. on Goodnight Springton, coming yeah, soon.
2: Coming never. Uh, we'll do that eventually.
0: <laughs> what a What a perfect... What a perfect advertisement! Just built. <laughs> just
2: just built. It, it doesn't show. feel like an
0: ad. You know, you have a great ad on your
1: hands. You nailed exactly.
2: it. It's like, oh, here's our bonus Patreon content. Go, <laughs> we'll talk about Simpsons for four ice minutes. Ice Tuesdays
1: coming yeah. soon.
2: Ice Tuesdays is now. We do a whole parallel series where we talk about Ice T movies. So every other week, Jeff and I go on and and do a uh, do one where we just talk about a Ice T movie that we watched. Yeah. Damn. He's, he's got a lot of movies
0: he had matter. a lot of fucking movies holy shit. we
2: did the last one we did was tank girl that was a real mm-hmm. trip oh my uh, gosh
0: i haven't seen that since i was a literal child like baby child yeah
2: it's uh it's wild to see as an adult i will say that yeah it is i think Art we landed girl.
0: on
1: liking that film for the most part though yeah it, it's on tubi right now
2: so you can watch it for free that's right it's
1: free
0: it's awesome being like a medicated adult i didn't know that i had adhd for so long so when i watched movies i fell asleep because I use so much energy trying to focus yeah. throughout the day that I would just, oh, I'm sitting still, I can shut down now. Um, or lose focus. I also get to watch every film almost like I've never seen it because no. I don't have because I don't have a memory, which is really fun. And mm. so as an adult, <laughs> as a medicated adult, I'm doing more TV and film watching. This this one, uh this one was really fun. Thank you guys for asking me to watch.
1: It. No problem.
0: Tiny tidbit. Yeah I just remembered that I don't think gives me any clout, but just as a San Franciscan, and if you know other San Franciscans, we're really proud. Danny Glover and I went to the same elementary school and high school. Wow. Very different times. Very, very that different. That is
1: cool. Times,
0: but San Francisco trivia, new traditions, elementary school, George Washington High School, and uh, pretty pretty cool to to see great people out in the world from the city that you're from.
2: Clout granted. No, I wasn't searching. I just, <laughs> I wasn't searching. I just is it bestowed upon you, no and less? yet, it and yet, a, yet, you ran you...
1: F- smack dab into it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Enjoy
0: it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, guess, I guess that does make me a better human. That's there right. Go. You're right. My smile is a little brighter now, huh?
2: Gary. Yes, Jeff.
1: Gary, that movie was wonderful. It really was. And I hate to be Rachel Dratch as Debbie Downer, but mm-hmm. what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? I I want this now. I've seen the greener. I'm, I'm in the greener pasture and I'm not looking forward to stubby brown grass and roots. I'm not ready for it again.
2: I feel like every time we've watched a movie on this podcast, even ones that we liked, we liked them in spite of themselves. Comparative to this this movie, you are correct.
1: This movie was a good movie film.
2: This is a total game changer. This is a film that we genuinely loved and not for irony reasons or ridiculousness reasons or anything. This isn't like why we love Leprechaun in space. That's not what this is. This is this is a genuine appreciation for a film that we would recommend to people. And yeah, we haven't really broached this type of thing before. So, I mean, like,
1: the list of movies we have spoken about, I, I know that not all of them are going to be to this level. Maybe even none of them. I don't know.
2: Oh, We have a long season. master
1: list of things.
2: Yeah.
1: Because, like, there's a lot of cool rapper movies yeah and, I mean, look, know, the the bounds of this will be i mean this is a great bounty we're reaping is all i'm saying
2: yeah no i but knew this was a film i wanted to watch the tides this turn
1: the oceans the tides turn man what's the
2: next movie on the list i mean we have options i i don't want to name all these things out loud but like i mean this there's so many rappers we're, if, we're, if we're sticking to the methodology of one rapper you know, one episode per season. So everybody gets there's so many people we haven't done movies for yet. Like we still have, we still haven't done, you know, we still haven't done a Snoop movie.
1: Close your eyes, close your eyes and put Mm -hmm. your finger on a movie and tell me what it
2: is. No, no, that can't be the way to do it. it. Do it. This is going to be fun. Gary, just go with
1: me on this exercise. I promise you it's going to be awesome.
2: But you're trying to find joy. You're trying, we're chasing the dragon here. You're you're risking us picking something. That I've we're never, I've going honestly through.
1: never been so addicted to something so quickly in my life. This is reckless.
2: This is reckless.
1: All right. I like immediately All love right. watching good movies with you and a rapper.
2: I don't know <laughs> if the movie that we pick, if I pick randomly from a list, is going to be. I think it will be. All right. I'm not saying we're going to do this movie next. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. Because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to commit to anything just yet. But I hear you. let's just see. Let's try your, let's try your 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 little game. Let's see. I think the fates will be kind.
1: I think the fates will be kind to us. Go. All
2: right. Mm. All right. Oh no. No, we can't we can't do this movie. No, we can't.
1: What, we can't. Like at all. It's
2: on the it's on the long list but like I Is it weird it, what is it? Do we can't do Cruel as Ice? Oh no. No. The, I, that the the one I'm thinking of. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla yeah, ice. No. Stars no. and Cool oh no 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 not, no we can't very, do that one the whole point was to watch no. good movies we want to watch good we're movies not now. no can't
1: we, we can't no i can't i can't this transition is too many man
2: no 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 it's way too much. we're no. we're not watching cool as ice
0: it's the cabbages podcast network